Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the inaugural episode of The Rundown with Lou. So, premise of this show, we'll talk about topics, the five biggest topics of the week in the entertainment industry, and then I'll have my panelists as we'll discuss all these topics to attempt to come to a conclusion, which knowing my panelists, knowing me, we'll never do, but at least it'll be entertaining for everybody. So, let me quickly introduce my panelists for this episode of the rundown with Lou. First, I have Mr. Anthony Wiggins from the Drunk Geek Podcast channel on YouTube. What's going <laughs> on, Anthony? No, much. Thank you for having me, man. Next, I have the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jarrell Alexander, who amazingly still has a man of steel. Uh, thing over his YouTube channel that I am still amazed that he loves this movie. But what's going on, sir? Yeah, yeah, what's going on? Thanks thanks for having me on. And last, but definitely not least, I have Mr. Gold Belt Najir. I'm not going to say his last name because I never get it right anyway. But what's going on, sir? Hey, man, I'm proud of you, man, for, for the start of this and uh, good luck and much success. Right. So, let's quickly jump into these topics. So, the first topic of discussion is on August the 28th, we got news that Mr. Chadwick Bozeman passed away from four years fight with colon cancer. So quickly, you all, just give me a remembrance of Chadwick, and I'm going to start with Mr. Jarrell. My remembrance of Chadwick? Oh, yes, boy. Um, man, like, like just in general or just like with his just films? In, general. in his films, in general, his work. What do I remember? Yes. What, what touched you um, about his work? I think I think the main thing that sticks out for me with Chadwick is um, mm, that is a really good question. I think the thing that sticks out for me is when he died. It was at that moment that it really sank in, sort of his uh, contribution to pop culture and. Uh, yeah, around the world, like, like it's weird because like when I think of Black Panther, you know, I, I only think you know as a critic, so I can try to judge it as accurately mm -hmm. as I can. But I never, I don't know. I guess it never really sunk in like how much people saw Black Panther as like a like a beacon of hope. Yes, as opposed mm -hmm. to, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just so interesting to me that it never really sank in until now. Because um, I didn't want, you know, that aspect to overshadow like my critical thoughts, you know. And yeah. it is it is really exceptional to think like, damn, like, like a literal beacon of hope for like minorities and blacks in this fictional form of Black Panther is um, gone. I don't know. That was just very striking to me when he died. It's like, damn. Wow. So what were your thoughts, Najir? I don't know. Like, I've definitely been utterly emotional about it because, like, I, I, when I think about um, when I when I think about what he meant to for the culture, like, like that's one thing. But then when I th th when I think about in uh, really in pr into perspective about what he was doing this year, uh, it started to hit me. Like the first thing I remember is when he went to the breakfast club and mm. you know, they do that thing, uh, change for change. And, you know, I'm not the biggest DJ envy fan, but like, you know, they're, they're constantly always worrying about somebody's pockets and, you know, and obviously this, 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 uh, this charity is for a good, it's for a good cause, but like, you know, outside of having him there for the interview, they're just like, so you donate, you donating. And I'm like, you know, Chad, so laid back. And y'all coming off real aggressive, you know, patting his pockets, or whatever. And humbly enough, he was just like, well, okay, well, who donated the most? And he was like, all right, I'm going to double that. And they were looking like, what? He's <laughs> like, you're, you're going to donate how much? And I like, and I put that into perspective. And then I thought about the donations he made for uh, a Black Lives Matter organizations. And I remember at one point, like the weekend, was the highest uh, donor for a, a particular charity. Mm -hmm. And then he came in and blew that out the water. And I'm like, I'm the first thing that comes to my head is like, man, them, them Disney checks must be real good. He, <laughs> he, 
And then he did he did he gave back to the HBCU fund, which was another big thing. I went to HBCU, so like anytime I hear that, that you know, I, I think about the struggles in there, and anytime any funding is coming in, it's a big thing. And come to find out the whole idea of like, you know, you can't take it with you. So you might as well use it now. And I thought about like all the things he was doing. Then he ended up passing it, and he knew obviously because you know this is a uh, you know something he's been getting tre- treated secretly for a while. But like he had a game plan on how he wanted to do this the way he wanted to do this, not respected. And it's just like it's really heroic without even putting a Black Panther uh, costume on. So like that's that's some real hero shit for real. Now, Ant, I'm gonna ask you this one a little differently. Knowing your arrow expertise, what do you think someone, his life truly had, what type of impact did his life truly have on a younger generation of up and coming uh, minority children? Unmute yourself first though, Ed. (laughs) (laughs) Unmute yourself first. I'm going to keep it concise. We'll go a little bit around the block. So first, um, the first stuff that hit me was um, I I just watched Hamilton with my daughter. And a big thing about him was like he was writing like he was running out of time. And that the amount of work he put into a certain limited number of years, he was making impactful films and contributions and appearances and, and, and political statements like he was running out of time. And the power that that he used for for facing his his, his mortality uh and how he wielded that was amazing and inspirational and um you know personally the the, the closest thing i had to a father my uncle died of, died of colon cancer around the same age so it, it it really struck me now i think to a generation coming up he he's going to be our black james dean he's going to be that that face mm. that 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 um personifies all these different memorable characters throughout different decades of our history as a people. And for it to happen now, even his death is going to symbolize such a, such, such a powerful thing for, for not just this generation, because this generation is going to teach their kids and their kids. He, he's going to be a powerful symbol going, going forward. And uh, he's going to be like in the back of our minds and you know, do I think they should recast Black Panther eventually, someday, some years? Yeah, of course. But it's always going to be compared to this, to this version, to to this actor. He's up there with Sidney Poitier, or um, you know, uh, uh, Denzel Washington. He's he's there now, right? And that and that's the greatest work an actor can do. Not a person, a person that left their mark. And I think that we all feel a sense of loss and you don't have to think black Panther is the greatest movie or, you know, 45 is the greatest movie or anything like that. But we, we're more, we're mourning the loss of what could have been the promise. Like you saw, you saw such, such talent, such motivation, such, you know, passion. And that struck us, that hit us. And while, you know, you know, me, like when people were saying that, that black Panther, deserved an Oscar and was the best Marvel film. I was like, it wasn't the best Marvel. It had a purpose. It had, a, had an impact. It wasn't the best. <laughs> but I was looking forward mm-hmm. to, to what was coming next. And the, the, the closest thing I could associate that with in the last, you know, you know, couple of de- decades has been when Keith Ledger died. And I was like, I'll never get this performance again. I'll never get this, this particular talent again. Um, but it's even greater, right? Because his impact wasn't just in movies. It, it, it resonated. And not even just for our people, but when you talk to different people from different countries, like um, they did interviews for people in Korea, and they was and and he had he he shaped a different mindset for how they viewed us, right? And and that's such a powerful. So people 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 try to brush off oh, a silly comic book movie, or that's a silly this or that. Khan is not real, but it shows the world our goals just like superman is the is it can be what you aspire to be it can be what we aspire you know um uh, are inspired to strive for well, so that that's speak, my thought on it i know saying that, all I, that I try to short and, <laughs> saying all that and focusing on one part of you stating about the recasting of black panther now we all know how the house with the mouse is 
We all know how they plan or try to plan for everything humanly possible. In your shortest answer, human. In your shortest answer possible, and I'm gonna throw it right immediately back to you here. Do you think Disney has already recast his role? Um, they have plans. So they they had an article uh, last year talking about how they've made um, video models of all their actors um, in case they want to use them as younger and older. They have a, they have a plan now, um, and the technology is getting better. We you know for whatever you know I might think of Star Wars movies, you, we see how that technology is taking leaps and bounds. It's only going to get better, right? Um, I think they're going to try a couple other routes to limit his exposure in the films. Um, I don't think they're going to recast him right away, but eventually they will. The mouse wants its money, you know. Now, now, and Black Panther Two is going to make billions no matter what. That my eggs. <laughs> I'm going to kind of ask you the same question, but also knowing that it's a great possibility that Disney knew about his condition mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Could we have seen the delays that we've seen with Black Panther 2 just because they were waiting to see what would happen before they moved forward? Yeah, that's a good thing. Now, I am not ever going to conspire with anything that's happening on the social media about Disney is saying they they are all that other stuff. I'm gonna talk about what we can strongly confirm, and that's the case that him as a professional let his employer know this is what's happening, and why not? Because Disney has all the resources in the world. Hey, how can we help? How can we be at your assistance? You know, and best believe anything that he touched, there was an NDA attached to him and anybody that was on set. Mm -hmm. So. The mitigation risk of what if it's not really a thing. Now it's just how if now. And, you know, they had them part of the promotional stuff already. So the, the, the idea of saying, well, let's just see how it is. Nobody wants to kill off um, a friend or, or employee or anything of that sort. You know, let's just see how it plays. But now that they got to this point now, um, I think that the delays have nothing to do with it. I think they always had to plan on releasing phase four, I think, what it is that because phase four was nothing about phase three and phase two properties. It was all about the acquisitions that were coming in. Well, how are we are we going to solid? Are we going to uh, be able to confirm this spot still? Well, how soon are we going to be able to dive on that? And then on top of that, you still got the Sony thing that was in peril at time. Well, all those are so unpredictable. Let's just come out with a whole new slate of all new things that is completely in our control. We don't have none of these variable factors. So that's why you got all these shows and it shows and movies with people who had already had contracts attached to them. So Falcon and um and um and Winter Soldier. Winter when Soldier they Falcon. signed, they got five or six move or five or six appearance con- contacts, uh contracts. So you already know you had them there. So go with that right now. No variable parts there. They're already there. Um, and so all these other new things are new casting. So that's why, like, you're seeing so many different new properties, like the internals, She-Hawk, and all that other stuff here. This is, to be honest, it sounds like a really a safe measure in its own from everything because this is all new. So um, I, they're, they're, the, the release is really strategical. And, it, and I think, like, you know, they're aware of what's going to happen. So when it comes down to Black Panther, which is going to be considered phase five, even though they already released it because they didn't put in the phase four. I mean, it's phase six because they didn't put in the phase five timeline. Um, they'll be, they have plenty of time to make it work. However, I will say this. I don't want to drag this along. I will say this. Now, Black Panther has made all the ching ching. Now, do you remember what other movie made all the ching ching that had no business even being in that paradise in, in, in this conversation? That movie is Fast and the Furious 7. And there's one catalyst as to why that did really, really good. Because everybody wanted to know, well, how are they going to handle Paul Walker's death? I would not be surprised if Black Panther makes an even sooner appearance on the timeline to monopolize off of that. It's Disney. You can't blame them. They know how to work the business. <laughs> All right, I see that your last five minutes of Fast and the Furious. What, what, the last what, what are your thoughts, Jarrell? I see your face the moment he said that. Uh, <laughs> repeat the question again. <laughs> so I can go and no. Are, are we, am I just no. answering no. like, like is, what I think about him being what, recasted? What do you think? Do you think Disney possibly 
planned this. Again, as you said, we, we're going to assume he was extremely responsible and Disney knew sure. about his condition. Now, I'll throw another curveball at you because Najir may have forgotten. Black Panther sure. 4, Black Panther 2 was actually announced for Phase 4 after the announcement of Phase 4. They came back out and said Black okay. Panther would be released um, in 2022. Yeah, I remember the date being there. I just didn't know that they actually associated with Phase 4. That's a 5 or whatever it is. Now it's associated with Phase 4. Okay. Yeah, I so I can't I can't speak to that because that's literally me just like sh taking a shot in the dark. But um, what I can speak to uh, in regards to his recasting, um, A, uh, he has to be recast at some point. There, that, there's literally no way around that period. Um, B, I, 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 I disagree. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not predicting, I'm not foreseeing, uh, um, what was old dude, uh, Peter Cushing or whatever, CGI face, Rogue yes. One. I'm not, I'm uh -huh. not, I'm not, I'm, mm -mm, I'm not anticipating that. I think, hopefully, anyway, I think they're going to take the human route and realize, hey, some fuck, real fucked up just happened. Uh, we're, we're just going to push, we're just going to take Black Panther. Sort of, sort of like delay that, sort of move that back a bit. Uh, we're not, we're not, literally not even going to think about how we're going to CGI Chadwick. We're not going to think about who's going to be the person we recast to um, top him or be equivalent to him. I, I think um, it's really what they should do, is what I think. But yeah, they should just push it back, just, just literally just like. You know, just sort of let that go for the time being. Almost um, sort of like what Christopher Nolan did with Heath Ledger's Joker with The Dark Knight Rises. Just let's just let's not try to figure it out narratively on the screen. Like, nope, no, let's just nah, let's just find a different route. I think that's the route well, they should take for the for the time being, well, for sure. And I'll let your thoughts say one close thing? out that topic. No, wait, we're going to move on to the next because already know you. <laughs> It better not. We're gonna see Chadwick Boseman's head on a CGI body. We're gonna see it. Just accept it. You're gonna see. It. I, I, I disagree. Or CGI body. I disagree. I, or I should say, I hope that doesn't happen. I should say that. I hope yeah. that doesn't happen. Speaking on disagreements, as we all know, this coming up weekend, finally, the release of Christopher Nolan's huge summer blockbuster *Tenet* is dropping. With *Tenet* dropping. How do you think audiences will feel returning back to the theaters? Now, I'm going to throw this one to Jarrell because he's already been back to the theaters a couple of times to see a couple of films. So <laughs> in, in your experience going back to the theaters, how did people react to being back in that environment? Um, It was, I mean, it was business as usual, but I mean, there's just like, there's just that, just the weird catches, um, like, you know, just everybody in a mask, just everybody, you know, the staggered seating. Um, a lot of theaters are pretty strict around here. But uh, to be honest with you, like, it's not as weird as it probably seems. I think people are, like, extremely overthinking it. It's nowhere near as extreme as you might think it is. Especially, like, honestly, once you're in the seat, your, your brain just, like, reverts back to, you know, how it was, like, pre-March 2020. So um, I think it's it's weird trying to, honestly, yeah, I think it's, it's normal. It's normal. Um, obviously, not everyone's going to rush out to go see it because of the virus, but um, I, I think more people than you would think are going to be trying to track down tenants, for sure. For sure. Now, and are, do you feel safe returning to the theaters for any movie, let alone Tenet? So it's not about your opinions about Tenet. It's about any big right. movie coming out. Do you feel safe returning to theaters? No, not really not. I mean, you're <laughs> packed in an enclosed environment with people who, and theaters aren't that clean to begin with, you know? So like, there's no I'm way not they sure can. About that. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Theaters aren't that clean to begin with, so I would. And also, I mean, we think about it like we love movies, right? But the model of the movie theater has been kind of out of date for a very long time. And there's, and most movies you don't really need to see in theaters. If you really think about it, our our home systems, most 
home systems are, compa- are, are, are are better than movies were, I mean, theaters were 20 years ago, besides a very specific few movies, right? Um, I'm very curious if going to the movies is such a cultural staple that it'll survive this, or people have learned to live without it. I think that'll be a very interesting thing to see over the next year or two, um, and how they'll adapt. But, you know, we love movies, but the average, especially the fear of the average moviegoer, I, I, I really don't, I really don't see it. Now, maybe, but I don't feel safe just because people, I don't want to expose the people I love. That, that part I fully understand. Now, Najir, as Ant said, do you believe it's such a staple in our culture and that could drive people back to theaters or just going to be people saying, screw this, I want to go see a movie? I like to draw the attention to the state of Florida. Who is <laughs> the beacon of humanity? That was unexpected. I would like to also, I would like to also point the finger at um, Governor Larry Hogan, the Republican. Excuse me, I think he's a Democrat. No, he's no, absolutely no, no. He's a Republican. I know, I know. He's a Republican. Yeah, he's, a Republican. he's definitely a Republican. <laughs> But for people who don't think I'm ignorant, he's a he's a Democrat in full Republican mode right now. And the state of Maryland <laughs> is in phase three. So are people going to go back? Yes. This it without dep- a question. It depends on where. Sorry, I had to say that. Depends on where. But yeah, they going back, niggas. It depends on where. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, at this point now, my whole I, my, my whole logic on this is that there's going to be people like Ant, who is uh very cautious about the surroundings, much like myself and work. Like, I didn't trust folks with their sanitation then. I don't trust them now. Mm-hmm. And then you add the added layer of people running out, like, uh, what's the little Tasmanian dude from uh, Wild Thornberries? Uh, wow, the little kid. Yeah, okay. the little kid. What was that dude? Uh, <laughs> I can't remember his name. But yeah, I was Jesus, I but yeah. You got people that's in the house right now that cannot wait. Donnie is going to just wanting to get out so bad and they're going right to the theaters. And not to mention, like, Tenet is marketing to people coming back. Tenet's like, it is an IMAX. You're only going to see it here. It's Nolan. It's uh, it's um, D- uh, D- John David Washington uh, and Robert Patterson. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people's like, yo. And not to mention, you know, everybody went to see Star Wars. When you seen that first 15 minutes of it, you're like, I got to see what's happening here. They did good marketing. So people are going out of shake, ignorance and bliss. And it's just not going to change anything. And then it's going to be people. You're right. You're right about that. Then it's going to be people that's going to be like, oh, well, my man went and I'm gone. But I understand, like, you know, you got to weigh your pros and cons about your scenarios. Everybody's scenarios is going to be different. But uh, for me, it was like, the reassurance that I really want to see this movie, the driving experience was something I never did. So that's what ultimately got me there. But actually sitting in the seat, I can't pretend to feel like I will feel comfortable because this the I just can't trust a younger staff of employees to do their job because on a regular Young pre-COVID, do do. yes. Did they do it then? <laughs> no. I can't tell you how many times I sat down, my hand is stuck to the leather seat. And it's all butter. Wonder how did that oh, happen? Man, You've been cleaning, it? so and these what are good theaters too. You pray it's butter. You don't know that's butter. <laughs> now, speaking of all of that, you ain't for know, that one. <laughs> we know, we know, we know. This past weekend, Tenant did fifty-three million internationally. Insane. And we just got news today that New Jersey, Maryland. Connecticut are all opening up their theaters in time for the release of Tenet. I know you all may not be people who track the box office, but I'm still going to ask you all, give me a number of you think this movie can do domestically, still knowing that it's still a lot of theaters shut down. The two biggest markets are technically still shut down. What numbers could we look forward to Tenet doing this weekend? This holiday weekend, I should say. This holiday weekend, so I'm start with. I'm I'm start with Nigeria because you're up there throwing it up. Would you? What do you say? Three hundred. Wait a minute. In the U.S. Not worldwide. Not worldwide. Oh, not worldwide. Oh, I'm gonna say my nigga. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, 
Whoa. Oh, I was about to say, I was about to say, China cooking it up right now. You can guarantee China for 150 right now. So, but I don't, yeah. <laughs> uh, domestically, I mean, you say did 54. You mean total or added on? Internationally, this past weekend, it did in 40 markets, it did 53 million. Which is insane right now, considering the restrictions. Yeah. Insane. But insane. when you look at just the U.S. market, where technically we've only had two films open up, yeah, Hinge opened up at four million, New Mutants opened up at eight million, both great numbers, yeah. but neither film as big as Tenet. Yeah, just throw a wild, wild number out to me that you it, think this movie can do eighty, because movies like Relic did really good with Drive-In, and um, uh, and because options were limited well not only are options not really limited none of these movies is as big as tenant yeah. and this is going to make everything limited because that's the only thing people going to want to see so about 80 85 80 to 85 that area okay. and what do you think i'm not a numbers guy you know this but i'm <laughs> i'm gonna be surprised if it makes 30 and I, I say uh, that because the only, the, only, the, only, the only reason it makes more to me is that people, like right now, people are sick of being in the house. So any excuse yes. to get out the house. So you got the girlfriend that's going to be like, I don't even know what tenant is. Is that about a rent movie? Is what I, <laughs> I don't know, so I, Yeah, I'll go. <laughs> like, like, so, so, Denzel's son's so, in it. I so I say girlfriend. You got the partner. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I need to get out the house. So, we've had sex in every position in every place. I need to get out. (laughs) Wow. So, so that's the only reason. If it makes more than 30, I'm going to bank it on that uh, because it's not a name. It's not a franchise. It's not the only name, really, is Christopher Nolan, right? That's the only name anybody's going to know about. Uh, Nobody's going around saying that's that's the only name you need. That's kind of the only name that matters. That's the only name you kind of need. As Jarrell said, that's the kind of only name. But, Jarrell, what do you think this can do? This is such a blind shot, shot in the dark. I'm gonna say you said domestic only. Good domestic lord. Only. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say seventy ish million. Wow. Okay. Okay. So before we move on to the next topic, me being don't doubt number, my nigga Nolan. Don't doubt me, my nigga Nolan. Me being the numbers guy, I think I'm gonna shock some of you all here by saying I'm oh. just like Ant. I would be surprised if this movie does over thirty million dollars this weekend. Because all the limitations, unfortunately, the two biggest biggest markets that films make money off of, both of them are closed. Because those markets are closed, and when I say biggest markets, New York and and Cali, New York and Cali normally generates about forty to fifty percent of a domestic box office opening weekend. So with those two being closed, I can see maybe in the twenties. And if it hits 30, it would shock me. It would really shock me if this did over 30, which means, to me, that means that this movie is extremely successful. If it does 30 million, in our climate now, 30 million is equivalent to 100 million. Opening All movie. I got to say is don't doubt um, but, again, I'm Desperate not doubt Ass. Nolan. Don't I'm not de- doubt Desperate Ass. Wish him well. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not doubt Nolan because I understand. with me, like, I, like, I understand well, for Nolan. Wrong. Yeah, like, I, I hope yeah. you know. I wish it does eighty million because that's a sign that a lot of these other big movies will drop this year. I sure. just doubt it right now that it can do that number. But I also believe between Warner Brothers and other studio execs, if it hits thirty, they're dropping mm-hmm. every movie because that's <laughs> the, that's the goal for them. Is a thirty million dollar opening weekend for Tenant means the box office is healthy enough to sustain a bigger film. That's and that's yeah. the most important part. And speaking now, speaking of studios being scared or reluctant to drop big films, along with Tenet dropping this weekend, we have Disney on Disney Plus dropping Mulan finally. Unfortunately, for everyone who has Disney Plus, it is attached with a $30 upcharge to see Mulan. And again, unfortunately, because yesterday it was also announced by Disney that this movie will be available in December for free for everybody on their streaming surface. So what do you all think, what do you guys think about people paying that extra $30 to see Mulan? And I'm going to start off with Najir. Uh, it's easy. $30 is a steal because let's see, who's going to see Mulan? You know, the family, the kids. If I add that up correctly, it's 15 times 4. 
Um, well, I'm way over 30, even if I didn't know math. So, uh, $30 to see the the kids' movie that your kids ultimately want to see, probably more than you, because no one has Milan in their top five. So, that just precedes all of our generation right there. Uh, $30 is a steal. Uh, good for Disney for pricing it at a good uh, price point that made sense. It is the equivalent to driving movie theaters saying $30 for your car. Or for two people within the car, it Which makes is, sense. Mm-hmm. You can't even be mad because what's that? Uh, I, I, IMAX movie for two people? Let's see, that's uh, nineteen to maybe twenty-two times two. Well, you're still under your price point, so good for them. <laughs> Jarrell, what do you think about this new premium membership added to Disney Plus? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Some bullshit. What the hell is y'all smoking, boy? What y'all smoking, boy? Get out of here. No, fuck. Let me tell you something. Ten, I, 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 I'm so crazy. I probably paid 60 bucks to see 10. I want to see it so bad. But Mulan, <laughs> honestly, I would feel uncomfortable paying. Shit, let me think about this for a second. I feel uncomfortable paying more than 10 fucking dollars to see Mulan. I, I, first off, I didn't want to see the movie before the pandemic. So now that sounds crazy. That sounds crazy. Yeah, who, man, don't y'all, man, don't y'all pay no $30 for that movie. <laughs> now, Ed, you have children, you have young, inspiring girls. Are you going to be paying this $30 to see Mulan on Friday? So I got one Fam. conscious girl that don't care, don't, that won't be entertained by, by a cardboard box. So, this, 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 I think y'all need to understand the, the dynamic. If this was Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast, the adults, the parents are going to want to pay to see the live action version. Mm. This is Mulan with no yep. songs, with no songs. So, as an adult in a recession, right, and we all got different circumstances going on, you can wait till December to see it, or you can spend an extra 30 bucks to see it now. It's all going to depend if they reach the kid market. If they on that TikTok, they on that mm. those 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 YouTube channels with them opening toys and stuff mm-hmm. like that. If they get the kids, because if, if 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 my little clone comes up to me and be like, "Daddy, I heard Malone came out," that's gonna be like, "Ah, oh. hey, mm-hmm. you want some ice cream?" <laughs> 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 so so that's gonna be my metric of if I, mm-hmm. you know, would. Then, you know, like if she, I, look, I, my daughter, uh, she never see this, but she got a weak spot in my heart. So if she, if she asked bad enough, I might buy it, right? That's a good, that's a good man right there. And me and my adult stuff, like, what? No, no, lie. With, with no songs? That was Milan. Milan didn't have no battle scenes. That's the only thing I care about is the song. Um. So I think that's the if they get that market where the kids actually care, I haven't seen that yet. And you know, I, I'm I'm out of my um my daughter's social media stuff really closely. I mean, there's some, but they're not really hitting it hard. There's nothing in there that makes it seem like they they're gonna you know, with all the other entertainment they have, it's not something they're gonna be you know buying for. So I'll be, I'll be really interested to see what happens after that. Did that make sense? That was kind of all over the place. Oh no 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 no, it made perfectly good sense. But I will throw another question at you all. Do you believe Disney releasing Mulan on this premiere access thing is a test for their mid-tier films moving forward to see if they can get people to pay for them? And I'm yep. going right wait, back to you, Eric. Quick, quick answer. Yes, sir. All right. All right. I, yeah, yes, because this is that EA test, right? Where EA games mm-hmm. put out little, like, they had DLC waiting for you when they released the game. That's not how DLC was going to work. They were testing to see if that was uh, going to work out for you. You still going to buy it, sucker? Sucker? You going to buy it, sucker? You know, we got you twice. <laughs> and say, you know, so so if you do this, people, if you, if it, the mouse wants its money. And if you do this, the mouse is going to come back. And now Disney Plus is going to start losing. They, they're going to have the, the, the shit you don't care about no more. And the premium stuff you really want, you're going to start paying for. They gonna nickel and dime you. They gonna nickel and dime you. That's all I said. What do you think? What do you think, Nigeria? I'm not gonna say so much as a test, more or less of a metric. Um, if they prove mm. success here, then other ones will fall, follow suit. If it don't, then they'll revert to something else. I think the only thing that I just firmly don't agree with is that when they came out with their three year plan 
and marketing and sales, uh, this wasn't incorporated for the initial stakeholders and, and, and subscribers. So that feels a little disingenuous. Now, for stakeholders, especially investors, good for them because they're like, well, well, this could obviously mean more money for us. Yes. But for us, it's like, well, what do we get ourselves into, actually? It needs, well, if you buy it for three years, you only pay this. Sounds like a good deal, but wait, what do we really get ourselves into? But I could just only imagine people like HBO, uh, Max, taking a look at this. Um, they obviously have tentative things that they can do this with. I mean, bringing back uh, sports and putting it as a tier, as a pay-per-view. Tenet. It, they could have did this with Tenet. 100%. And, and not to mention, like, just to be very clear, this recipe has been done by the mouse and the boys already with ESPN Plus and mm-hmm. UFC. So you want to watch your UFC? Wait, 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 fight. wait, wait! Y'all gotta, y'all paying twice for sport? I don't, I don't know if I buy sports. Y'all paying no, twice it's a, for it's, sports? <laughs> it's a, it's a, again, this, this, wow. this tear, this tear has already been done. This, this, this design has been done, and and, and that just showed you how much people love sports and like. They're doing good. I mean, UFC are running more and more show- shows now. So, but it's the ESPN Plus model with the you want to watch the UFC two whatever whatever whatever. Cool. Add that Esther pay per view fee, paywall behind the paywall, and people are doing it. I'm not doing it, How but like it, it's it's up it. So, Jarrell, what sixty? Be, I think yeah, pay per views about sixty to eighty dollars. Yeah, Jarrell, Jarrell, will you be paying extra to the mouse? For content moving forward. Uh, first of all, uh, first off, hell no. Um, <laughs> second off, my nigga, you best believe it's a test. You can't fool me, mouse. Okay, best believe it's a test. What are you talking about? What you think this is like uh, a, a little fleeting thought? That's about that? No, 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 no. Somebody probably made a whole motherfucking diagram. Like, hey, you know, this works. Maybe mm-hmm. try it with the next sixteen movies. Um, yeah, no, it's a test. Hundred percent. Now, going on the completely opposite end of things, Netflix today announced a free service that they're dropping for people to check out some of their original movies and original television shows in an attempt, I'm assuming, to get a bigger audience. Do you think with Netflix doing this around the same time Disney is launching a premiere portion of their service do you think that they're trying to one undercut Disney, and two, are they changing the games, changing the rules of the game now, and want and making Disney adapt to them? I am jumping in here first. Easily, this is what the biggest <laughs> successful streaming service, little if you know it or not, was the WWE Network, nine ninety nine, and that set off the market with that price tier. They have maybe like a couple of months ago went with a free tier as well so money you know uh, uh subscriptions and revenue did not stay consistent here that's why they went with that you would you would think obviously with covid striking and them not producing the money from live shows like they used to mm-hmm. it could be all types of trouble in paradise on that note however the next successful streaming service is peacock and, they and why are they so successful folks well, Netflix, who used to be one of the most successful ones, has been in all types of peril uh, with losing contracts and, and they've been getting things nonetheless. But you've seen desperation, I will say, in modeling schemes change here. They're just adapting because this is what good uh, business people do. I don't think this has nothing to do with Disney. I think it ultimately has everything to do with Peacock, though. Because Peacock came out with this model and they were just like, oh, did you... Did you see how many subscribers they got in their first week? That's, it was monumental. So I'm thinking they're wondering, well, how do we bring people back in? And I think that this watch free uh, definitely uh, is it, definitely a stride to seeing analytically how did it do. So nothing to do with uh, Disney, but Disney probably on the other hand, like, okay, no problem. We're good on all. No, also, also Disneyland's open because it's in Texas, you know, I mean, in uh, Florida. So, you know, market uh, all all their all their gears are. They making money the though. <laughs> They're not taking a discount. <laughs> uh, I'll, throw, I'll throw it to Jarrell like this: 
Mm-hmm. Do you believe this is a a sign of cracks in Netflix's armor, or do you just believe no. this is no. just Netflix offering the first hit for free because you get it, and then I'll bring you back? I I, I think I think this is I I don't I don't think this is uh, I doubt that this is reflective um, of uh, what Disney's doing or pick. I honestly I think Netflix is always trying to find like how can we improve how can we expand mm-hmm. you know how can we make people more addictive and this is just simply another layer of that um if anything i would i think it's in reverse i think disney's probably the one closely watching netflix the one trying to outmaneuver that beast you know um especially like since the pandemic hit and like everything slowed down for what we're supposed to get from mcu blah 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 um but yeah, yeah, I think I think it's just them trying to keep top dog. <laughs> for real, for real, for real. So, Ant, what are your thoughts on this Netflix watch free? Um, I think Netflix has been kind of in a panic since they started losing so many other people who have start so many other names have put out their streaming content, and I don't I think they're trying anything to stay relevant, right? But what are you really subscribing to Netflix for? Except I'd be out of habit, right? Like, like what's must see on Netflix right now? Mm. What what's a must like, see on Netflix right now? Like right now, Project Power. Right. I mean, now, they got some right hits. Now, if you turn on they Netflix, got some hits. They got some hits. Though. <laughs> I don't know right about now, like what's, what. What have you? What have you not seen right now that's on Netflix? Kissing Booth Three. That you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. No, you're you're right. You're right. You're definitely right. You're right. So so, but we have Netflix. It's just a staple because every once in a while, all right, yeah, I watch the show every once in a while. But but, and all their their um unique content that, that we would really like to watch, they only keep for like two seasons and they get rid of it, right? So <laughs> you know stuff that yeah, you know. So once. So you have all these other options now. So Netflix, this is streaming wars. We knew that we knew it was coming. We heard it was coming. We're just in the midst of it. Who's going to get your ten ten ninety nine or whatever it is now? I don't even know now. Everything goes up and down. So Netflix much. is fourteen ninety nine. So fourteen ninety nine, and then um, is YouTube TV even a thing anymore? Like they lost uh, Cobra Kai, right? So yeah, to what Netflix. What was that ever a thing? Yeah. yeah. So and yeah. Um, uh, and then you have different, um, and then if you're in different, like when I'm in, when I'm overseas, Netflix is a lot more interesting. <laughs> like Netflix got you, a lot of stuff that I want that's to see. a good they point. Forty Black Cell, mm-hmm. they got all this mm-hmm. other stuff that that I can't see here in America. That apparently we're subsidizing um, when it goes overseas. I don't know how the contracts work. They they got Star Trek Discovery and all that stuff that people want to see. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll, Netflix I'll, here, I'll, I'll do a quick explain for that. Huh? the whole thing. I, I said, I'll do a quick explain for everything. At least, and this is my opinion. I don't give my opinion on too many topics, but I had to here. So, Netflix Watch Free is just a chance for Netflix to push original content to people. Netflix, this past quarter, added more new subscribers than any streaming service. Netflix currently is trading higher than Disney, and they are now more valuable of a company than Disney oh, is. That's true. Netflix, with this Watch Free, what Netflix is attempting to do is destroy the competition. <laughs> and the way you do it is by pushing out your original content for people for free. Again, I used a horrible analogy. If you paid attention to what I said earlier, when I said you give the first hit for free and you'll come back mm-hmm. because that first hit will be so good. So they knew exactly what to put on the cha- on the free app to bring people in. Once I get you in here, you'll pay that And they have the name. They have the Netflix. name. Yes, because right now, again, Netflix is Netflix is top dog. No one is coming close to competing with Netflix. No matter right. how many subscribers Disney Plus adds, right. Disney Plus can never contend with Netflix because one app is $6.99 and the other one is $14.99. It's a price difference. And right now, Netflix feels that this free service is a way to garner all the attention from everybody. And I do believe it is not a coincidence on the week that Disney is launching a movie that Disney says costs so much money to make, and that's why they want to charge people to see it, that Netflix decides to drop this app to remind people, hey, we have movies 
that costs more than Mulan to make and therefore free on our app. I think it's all a strategy. But but can I say something real ahead, quick? Man. The Disney, the Disney, the Disney app was 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 fire the first the first week or two. Like I remember we me and the clone were sitting down just watching different Disney movies, different eras. And everybody was talking. New car smell. And then it slowly went down. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, it's new the car. it's the it's the new, new car, car smell, the new here. toy factor. Yeah, and then and this, oh, that yeah. nostalgia wore off. It wore off. Now so, speaking because so that's a good to me, oh, Disney go ahead, has I'll to let justify. You oh sorry. No, I'll, no, I'll, I'll let you finish. Disney has to justify. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Disney has to justify it still being in, in, in my subscriptions, right? Because the clone mm. don't really watch Disney anymore. Unless there's some, we watched Hamilton. I think that's the first time we've watched something together on Disney for maybe a month or two. I don't think I've actually logged in since since uh, Mandalorian ended, right? So, so it has to it has to justify itself. Um, Netflix. Every, no matter what TV you buy, the remote's going to have Netflix on it, right? It's just a name now. It's a cultural. It's a cultural phenomenon at this point. Hmm? So I'm interested to see how so, the war goes. Sorry. So no, no, that's not a problem because you hit a good part when you said nostalgia is all you all agree with Disney Plus. So we have a movie dropping, I want to say 2021 here, that is nothing but nostalgia behind it, hoping to get a certain audience in the door, and that is Doom. Now, woo, I'm going to be respectful for what I say here. Will Doom fall with the same fate that Blade Runner 2049 fell with. And what I mean by that, because Blade Runner 2049, whether people went to go see it or not, technically it was considered a critical darling of a film. But (laughs) it could not draw an audience in. Will we have that same issue with Doom? And I'm going to start with Jarrell. No. I don't think we're going to have the same problem. Um, I'll admit that... (laughs) It's like, damn, this fucking pandemic, dog. <laughs> That's like the only thing that could cause like a problem. But it's, you know, December so far away. Um, so at the current time, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. Um, because like, I think literally people would go in droves just literally based off the cast, literally. Which is in comparison to Blade Runner 2049, uh, it's like stupefying, you know? Uh, like 249, I mean, it was really just Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford, really. I mean, probably really just Ryan Gosling for today's audience. But with Dune, very different situation. And then it looks like some crazy sci fi bonkers type of thing. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll mirror 2049 at all. No. Now, Ant, what are your thoughts on this project? I've never heard what you actually thought about Doom, so I'm not going to ask you here. I just need to know, oh, okay. do you think this is something that's going to translate to a bigger audience? Don't pow- don't I'd, doubt the power of Doom, niggas. I, I'd be very <laughs> surprised. Uh, Dune, the, only, the only really good reimagining of Dune or, or adaptation of Dune was the sci-fi channel original Dune like miniseries. Um, the first movie didn't do well, and they got great concepts, but they didn't adapt the book very well. And and you're not going to be able to adapt the book. You're going to have to be able to cut something out and make a, a very good story. So if the if the story is there, but I don't think the name recognition is there. There's not like a there's a cult following of Dune fans, mm-hmm. but this isn't like mainstream territory. Even among sci-fi fans, there there are there are hardcore Trekkies and Star Star you know Star Wars fans that do not know anything about Dune. Right. And, sure. you know, yeah, I, so I'm not sure really who, who it's made for. Um, and what's the runtime? Do we know what the runtime is going to be? No, we know. No, we know. Only, no. Only thing we know is that a sneak trailer dropped with Tenet and mm. that uh, Detail Magazine released cast photos for the first time. We know so this nothing is, this is, about them. This is the other thing I feel like because of our current, current climate, what could make it work is... Um, Dune's really highly about strong, powerful women. There's a whole, like, I don't want to get into the whole movie plot thing, but, and that's the culture we're in right now, and, and great, but but that might be a selling point, but I don't know, man. Dune, see, especially in this climate, in a, in a normal climate, Dune would be a risk to me. I, I, I don't know, and I love Dune. 
Wow. Wow. Now, Najir, so, I know you. We'll see. I know, I know, Najir, I know you focus. You at least pay attention to numbers a lot. And you pay attention to audience reaction a lot. For the general audience, do you think this is something they even care about? <laughs> nah, yeah. Before you even <laughs> rephrase this question, my simple answer is going to be an old school analogy here, or, or saying, shall I say, or slogan, however you want to put it. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it is a duck. Blade Runner, COVID <laughs> version, 2020. I, I, I generally do not think people, I mean, there's a lot of razzle to this, but I think this is going to fall wayside just like Star Trek Picard. What? Everybody was excited Negative. for it. How many people subscribe to CBS All Asses? Has anybody even realized that that is an app? How yeah, dare mean, you compare Dune to fuck, fucking what the what was that? This shit Sir Patrick Stewart has a cult following. Trekkies is a thing. Yes. How many people outside of that that group of people has CBS access? Period. Forget the show. This period. Uh, I, I would say Picard is I'll, again. I'll interject myself here. As, as this Such an unfair comparison. Goodness. I'll say. I'll say. Picard had more going for it because, again, trackies are huge and everyone knows about it. Even if you don't know about Star Trek, you know about trackies. You know about Picard even if you've never seen a Star Trek episode. I've never seen a Star Trek episode and I know who Picard is. Guess what? I found out what Dune was two months ago. I have the slightest <laughs> idea what this is. Yeah. <laughs> so... When I see something and I'm like, well, you're spending X amount of money to make this movie that really is a cult film. And I think that's the key part. Dune is a cult film. It's a film made for a very niche audience. Exactly the same way Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, but like 2049 was a sequel, though. I I feel, I understand the comparison. I I just think it's slightly unfair. Slightly. I think think it's actually worse that it's a remake. Because because, in the remake, you have to draw new people in. If it was a sequel, some of those people who may have seen the show or may love the original movie, they would be more inclined Mm -hmm. to want to go see it. Nobody loves the original movie. Oh, no. The movie has Sir Patrick Stewart in it. Nobody loves that movie. Look, all I'll say is, Jarrell had one great point. This is the biggest, most amazing cast I have seen mm-hmm. in film in God mm-hmm. knows how long. If I'm yes, going sir. to pay any attention to Doom, it's because this cast looks amazing, and it would yes, make you want to pay attention to it. Other than that, again, I'm not intrigued by Doom, and unfortunately, I don't believe audiences will be either, but I think this has a chance to be one of those films that is great that audiences don't go see. What, what's, the really Tatum Tatum movie? what's the Channing Tatum movie where he's a space dog and he has to sing, save the that seventy show girl? Um, yeah, don't bring up that. Uh, Jupiter is uh, bringing up Jupiter is ascending. Such a Jupiter is You know what? Oh, 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 on that note of Ant bringing up Jupiter ascending, I would like to thank all my panelists <laughs> for this <laughs> inaugural episode of the Rundown with Lou. This is great. This is the type of content that you'll get from this show. Every week we'll try to bring in panelists. Hopefully some of these gentlemen here will return to do this again. Maybe we'll get additional people and just talk about anything, anything hot in the news for the week. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. Peace, people.